when you get older and then you start being aware of your blackness mm-hmm. um those stories those images of Emmett Till when you were a kid that shook me are starting to come back now you know what I mean and I'm present of I'm, I'm aware of my blackness all the time and you know you're seeing how the world is right now and just super appreciative of those teachers um who put me on at the time yeah. to see that nothing's I mean some things have changed but for the most part it hasn't mm-hmm. you know what I mean and to um also be um proud of your you know your blackness and whatnot i'm learning all the time you know now i'm like watching documentaries all the time it's like i wish i got to have you know had that appreciation i'm like a kid you know kids everything goes over that's all of us yeah but being i you know now it's like i wish i had those moments where i could have sat there and talked to them like really talked to them about like what they went through you know what i mean Mm. you ready chris ready ben Let's get it. Man, let's get it, man. Welcome to the Follow Then Lead podcast. We have our special guests here, Vanessa and Jocelyn Levier. Yes. Thank you. Thank Welcome you for having us. Welcome, show. you guys. Thanks for having us. Thank Absolutely. You. Yeah, this is a pleasure, man. Yeah, we're, we're glad to have you here. So I see you guys every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my upstairs neighbor. Yeah. 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 This is my first time meeting them. And just right off the bat, you know, I could feel the energy. The love, awesome, hey, man. Oh, man, and I appreciate that. Thank you, it's thank beautiful. you, yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, that's good. awesome. Wow, that's really nice. Yeah, I think we're in good spirits today. So yeah, yeah. Stuff, oh, yeah. Why yeah. is that beautiful? Um, why are we in good spirits today? I mean, we're expecting. So, um, I'm all up on her a little bit more often. <laughs> what are you expecting? <laughs> you know, um, what are you expecting? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, a baby. baby. A baby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't tell. Right, right. right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's been hard to <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, we got ready this morning. Um, had a pretty good sleep. Um, you know, we had a little conversation on our way here, just talking about random stuff, mm-hmm. things that we like about each other. Um, so I think, you know, just probably that's what you're feeling. You know what I mean? Just... Uh, I guess we, you know, checking up on each other, mm-hmm. um, seeing how we're doing, and those little talks together are yeah. good as, as well. You know I, what I mean, yeah, I think that's the best. Just the you said, just randomly talking. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's the best right there, man. That's just just the flow. You know, you ain't trying to come off off the top of your head like, oh, I need to talk about this yeah. with my wife or with my with my husband. We mm-hmm. just freestyle. We just yeah. getting off each other. It's beautiful. It's just the flow. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, most times. We're home. She's downstairs watching TV. I'm upstairs watching TV or on the computer. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think it's often that we get, maybe we should do this a little bit more often, but, you know, yeah. often that we have moments where the devices are gone and yeah. it's just us sitting in yeah. the car. It doesn't even have to be a car, but, you know, yeah. nothing else just is sitting in the car. Together. But just talking. That, that intimate that intimate setting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Dope exactly. stuff. I like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's needed. Yeah, exactly. It's needed. All right. So, I don't know who goes first. Vanessa Gary goes first because we introduced you first. But, like, can you just talk about, like, your childhood, like, where your life was, like, growing up? Right right, right there. Yeah, we'll go there and then we'll just kind of lead, you know, (laughs) just grow from there. So, I'm um, Afro-Cape Verdean, born in Dorchester, 
born and raised, we're actually living around the corner in the same neighborhood I grew up in. Um, and, you know, having grown up in that neighborhood, rough childhood. Um, my mother passed away when I was 10 from cancer. Um, and I was raised by my relatives. I was raised by my aunt and uncle. Um, and my grandparents, my maternal grandparents had came from Cape Verde and were taking care of my sister and I after my mother passed away. Um, and so while I had some adversities, I loved living in the hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that was nice, y'all. And I think I, I think I appreciate it now more in adulthood than I think I did then. Um, but it gave me, I think it gave me a lot of sense of character, um, perseverance, mm-hmm. appreciation of people around me, um, a sense of community. Back then, there was a lot of community. Yeah. Um, if I did anything in the house, the entire street knew about it. <laughs> that kind of community, too. <laughs> Where my grandmother would be on the phone, you won't believe this kid. And everyone knew and everyone watched out for you. Um, and, yeah, so I think that that really shaped me. I think those early losses and also what I what I saw growing up and the experiences that I had, I think, really shaped me to be um, grateful you know, a, a grateful person um, that I am today. Yeah. And you had a support system with your sister. Um, we didn't really talk about that, but it was just y'all two. Jen? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Best friends, still best oh, friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To this day. It's pretty. Uh, I have a sister as well, and um, we're not anywhere as close. <laughs> <laughs> we're close, but not as close as, um, you know, Vanessa and her sister, or where they're legitimate best friends texting each other all the nice, time and nice yeah things like that um yeah. yeah there's not a day that goes by that we don't talk i mean i have other siblings as well but there's not a day that doesn't go by that we don't talk yeah 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 well that's a, that's a little bit of my childhood okay so you mentioned like you know your mom passed and your grandmother helped take care of you oh sorry the like say your father mm-hmm this is like fuzzy around things like that you know he he wasn't as involved um the first 10 years of my life he he was there um i don't think i knew him as as closely as my mother did um i actually met him when my mother passed away and so after that you know i got to know him um probably not as intimately as i did as an adult because i i wanted to get to know him um because I started to put in more effort and started to understand him as a person um, and just see him as an individual. And so I think that I, I gained a greater appreciation of him in my life in ways that I probably didn't growing up because he wasn't around. Um, and then he passed away in 2016. So that was a tough loss also. The, yeah. um, the experience, your childhood, the experience of your father not being around like you i'm pretty sure you you know you know have friends mm-hmm. you're in the neighborhood you see them you know they have their father around like what was that experience like for you you know coming up as a child like what 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 i'm trying to get is um i guess what like mental dynamics or whatever what what kind of state of mind did that put you in as a child if you can remember oh yeah i mean i think i, I saw a mixture of both because again i grew up you know, in the hood, and we're not saying that in the hood is where you see 
you know, less of a two-parent two home, but I did see that a lot with a lot of the, the folks around me, with relatives, with friends, um, and the little that I did see with a two-parent household, um, I don't think I felt that void mm-hmm. because I also lived with my uncle and my grandfather who were father figures in my life. Nice. And so I don't know that I, I felt it as deeply, but... I think as I got older and I started to date, then I started to realize what that void actually did in my life. What and was the void? And, and like, what did it do? I know it's deep. I, was I know boy it's deep. crazy. <laughs> 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 it was deep, but I think as a as a teenager, it wasn't as deep. Okay. It was like, why am I chasing these boys all the time? Why am I waiting mm. at home for yeah. them to call me? Um. Not that I was asking myself those questions, but I was very aware of the things that I was doing. I was always chasing a boy. Um, and, you know, as I got older, I started to recognize that I was doing that because I was actually actually chasing my, my you know, the affection mm-hmm. that I didn't get from my, my father. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's, That's dope. Yeah. yeah. So what influences did you have in your life outside of... You know, like your your grandmother, just f- from childhood to like where you're now, like some major influences to help you, like become who you've become. Yeah, you know, I think my sister and I got really lucky with the the people in our lives. Um, you know, my father's wife was an integral piece of my relationship with my father, um, and so very grateful to her grateful to my aunt who you know my mother's sister who started raising us when she was only 20 so at 20 years old she took on these two you know preteens um and so she did a phenomenal job my grandparents my my uncle um and I think we also had a lot of community around us like we had um I grew up Catholic long since have moved away from Catholicism. <laughs> um, but we grew up Catholic, and so we had a church community around us. Um, and I think having had such an early loss, people really rallied around my my family. And so, you know, school and people really being on top of me and knowing my story and just, just staying on top of me. Um, so I had a lot of figures that were really influential and, and, and helpful around those times. That's dope because it. I like the uh, it takes a village to raise a child mentality. Right, yeah. Man. yeah, back then you guys had that, and that's beautiful. And I got to take my hat off to you and your mm. family. Mm. Um, sound like you guys are victorious. Mm. Uh, mm. You know, full of love, full of support. Mm. Yo, know, and I'm all for that. I'm a mm-hmm. country boy from yeah. Texas. <laughs> so, I can hear it. Yeah, <laughs> we're used to that, man. That's that's yeah. beautiful, man. So your story, love it. I got to tag the mystery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, bro. So I want to hear about what was childhood like for you? <sighs> childhood for me. Um, so I'm from Boston as well, specifically Mattapan. Um, grew up in a Haitian household. Uh, I was born here. Both my parents are um, born in Haiti. Uh, they met here, I think, in the 70s. Um, they were pretty young. My father came here for college. My mom for high school. Um, but in terms of childhood for me, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of tough following Vanessa's story cause it, it wasn't anything similar to that. Mm. Um, experiencing a loss of a parent, 
Um, I have a younger sister. Um, we we grew up in a um, Seventh Day Adventist household, um, which was pretty strict. Um, so that there was that was very present all the time. Um, you know, Friday Friday evenings to Saturday is all about church. Um, we we went to a Seventh Day Adventist mm-hmm. uh, elementary school up until middle school in um in dorchester so um presence of uh god was always there um not to say that we didn't struggle with that as kids you know how kids are yeah, it's absolutely. like god i have to go to church <laughs> we all been there bro you know yeah, things man. like that why can't and you know um the certain um uh, certain rules uh for lack of a better term in terms of seventh day Adventist. um that are different than other religions uh we're also tough like uh can't go to the movies uh Man. you know can't have like your ears pierced or jewelry or, yeah you know just random stuff um so you know as a kid just always kind of questioning that but um for the most part because um we were surrounded by other seventh-day Adventists um for school for church uh some family members not a lot um it it, you didn't really feel that you know loss of like oh, I didn't, I don't get to go to the movies with my friends you know what I mean when mm-hmm. most likely your friends are not going to the movies <laughs> as well um, yeah. I know we've had discussions about like holidays that's another thing like Halloween you know we don't do Halloween uh, don't do Christmas um, and I got used to it uh, I mean I had no choice I grew, grew up in that so right. You know, when you're talking, you know, we're having a kid and talking about like, well, what are we going to do for like Christmas? And it's like, I mean, I I was, I was, I was (laughs) fine without Christmas and the Christmas tree and people kind of look at you weird like, oh, but the kid, you know what I mean? Like, you know, they need to experience that. And it's like, yeah, they'll be fine. Do they? I mean, do they? Um, Maybe some of it, because as a kid myself, you know, looking on to, you know, like, commercials or sitcoms or even just home alone you know exactly (laughs) or other kids it's like oh yeah that is actually kind of cool and whatever but um besides that yeah i i really had no complaints as a kid um i was always uh on the computer always playing sports a lot of basketball um uh hanging out with uh family members um I think, like I said, the only thing struggled with was um, was that religion piece, really. Um, especially growing up uh, with my father, who could be kind of strict, actually very strict. And um, when you turn into a teenage years, that's when you start, you know, experimenting. Like, well, why do I have to do this? And then you start mm-hmm. exerting your power. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah. You're not gonna tell me. Uh, just cause you know, uh, yeah. if I'm saying like, why can't I do this? Because uh, I said so. Yeah, that's not good. Enough that's not enough. Yeah. yeah, I need a little bit more than that. And um, him also struggling with um, now you have an emerging man in this house who's testing your authority and um, who still wants to hold on to treating you as a kid. And so now we're gonna have clashes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so that was something that was, um, I would say towards teenage years, put uh, a strain in our relationship. We're fine, but it's not what you would typically would want from a father 
son relationship is very much a how you doing whatever keep it mm-hmm. surface stuff but then anything too deep it's like eh, you know i probably don't want to get yeah. too deep into that whatever because then that power struggle will start coming around and whatnot but um in terms of um what i used to do as a kid you know like i said I used to be on the computer all the time and that kind of influenced uh where i am now in life uh my father he used to be what was the technical term uh a draftsman um i think they call it something different now but basically he would um he would draw blueprints of uh, uh yeah of uh computers uh back in the in the 80s and computers at the time were those big ones that would mm. take up a whole wall yeah and whatever um so he worked at some company um i forgot the name of it but um so there was always creative stuff around the house uh like you know papers stencils um uh and even old computers uh like an old apple IIe uh, old ibm where the screen was only just black and green yeah, I remember you know, that. Yeah, yeah exactly so as a kid um because you know growing up in that strict household and you know i would watch too much tv then get reprimanded for that so then it's like <laughs> all right um well we have a computer here let me mess around with that and uh i would literally mess around with that so i'm breaking it and then it's like oh let me try to fix it before yeah. he comes yeah, home yeah, yeah, yeah. and um so in terms of me figuring out how computers work, um, that's you. That's how uh, that came about, just troubleshooting so I don't get in trouble and things like that. But um, that kind of stuck with me in terms of what I do now as a graphic designer, an app designer, a web designer, um, you know, uh, messing around with, you know, his stencils and some art programs he would have on the computer and things like that. So. Yeah. Amazing, bro. I love I love the creativity, man. Yeah. And well, one, you make me feel old. You, know, you start talking <laughs> about the IBM with the screen. I'm, I'm like, yo, oh, for real, bro? man. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. Bro. You make me feel old, man. I'm only thirty four. But that 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 oh, statement I'm older, I'm older than you, bro. Yeah. But yo, that statement got me feeling like I'm like sixty. I'm like, has it been that long? That's that's incredible, man. Yeah. It comes uh, so far, that's why. Thanks. I like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I like. I'm a roll with that right there. Yeah, yeah. So you spoke about your dad, yeah. and you know how he, you know, disciplined you and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're getting ready to have a child, yeah, um, yourself. Yep. So, what would you do differently uh, as far as you know, discipline yeah. and raising your own kid? And what and something? And what would you also? What would you also uh, keep? Like, what would you implement as far as like fatherhood upon mm. you know upon your own child as well? That's a great question. Keeping part. Let me think about that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I probably think about um, your first part of your question. I think about that all the time. I've always thought about that um, since my teenage years. And I think most teenagers who have conflicts with their parents think that, like, oh, when I have a kid, Mm -hmm. it's going to be different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and sometimes they repeat the same thing. Um, I, I, I've always kept it in my conscious, like, no, I'm going to be different. And I think in terms of my own personality, um, cause you asked Vanessa Ben about her influences yeah, we and whatnot. Get to you. Yeah. Um, I think the way we were brought up, um, influenced 
how um, I am as a person and how I'm going to be to my child. Now, usually when people say influence, they're talking about like, you know, the good things and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Me, it's yeah. going to be the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure there are going to be some things that I'll probably keep um, there because, um, and I've said this to him myself, like things could have been worse. You have mm-hmm. fathers who are absent, mm-hmm. who beat the, sh- I don't know if I can swear or whatnot, who beat the stuff out of you. You know what I mean? Um, molestation or, yeah. you know, drunk and, you know, things like that. I, I had nothing like that, you know, when I was a kid. Um, so for that, um, I'm appreciative um, for how I'm going to be or I hope to be um, with my own uh, child. By the way, we don't know what we're having. We're going to wait until... Until the, the album, album drops. That's the the album show. drops. That's yeah. so much better than what we see. Everyone doing these what the reveal party, the gender, yeah, gender reveals. Yeah, yeah man. Getting, I mean that's a whole different. That's I know a whole we have conversations. Topic, but I don't know if I want to have a whole celebration as to what's happening in between yeah. my child's so legs. Like, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Man. But um, going back to what I was saying, um, in terms of the way I hope to raise my own child is one. Um, letting them be free to be who they are um, and for myself to grow with that I think you know uh, when it comes to some parents including um, my father by the way my mom you know uh, was very uh, welcoming and opening about you know anything I wanted to do um, but you know you would have some parents who are pretty strict they kind of want you to be a certain way all the time mm-hmm. Uh, they think of you as a certain way and they're not growing with you. You know what I mean? And um, I I think that's something that I would want to be for my own child, be more accepting of whatever they want to do. Um, I wanted to, uh, when I was a kid, I, w- I wanted to be an ice cream man because I thought I could get endless ice cream. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas he's like, no, you got to be this, this, that. And then it's like, well, how about um, if I was to do it differently, how about just explain, well, why would you want to be? You know what I mean? Like, uh, let's explore that. Let's talk about that, you know, and the intricacies of that. Um, if I wanted to play basketball, I want to, no, you know, there's only, you know, what parents usually say, like, mm-hmm. what's your backup plan? And, yeah, 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 yeah. and it's like, just roll with me <laughs> with this one. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I, 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 like I said, I, I just want to be a little bit more um, uh, open as to whatever my child wants to be, become is into um, just be flexible and um, you know there's things that I can learn from whatever little kid stuff that they're into yeah. or teenage stuff that they're into and you know um, so that I'm not completely out of touch and you know I, I think that's something that a lot of I know I struggled with this as a teenager um, when you would have adults who are out of touch with what you're into Mm -hmm. so then it's like i can't talk to you you Mm -hmm. know what i mean i don't that's real i don't feel like i can come to you for stuff because um you're you're probably just gonna look down on it it's out of your realm can't relate they can't relate so they're they're not not open to to learning and then that's another thing too so then i most likely will just go to my peoples for Mm -hmm. that who probably can't give me the best advice uh (laughs) or anything like that you know they're trying to figure their own stuff out yeah as well but um uh, sometimes you hear 
that um, it's good to be your child's best friend, but then sometimes you hear the opposite of that. Um, it's, I think it, I, I would have to try to find that balance where um, I want you to come to me for whatever is wrong with you that you feel comfortable um, coming to me for that because I don't want you going out there mm-hmm. trying to figure out those answers. Yeah, but then still be that um, disciplinarian. Discipl- I can't. Well, how do you say discipl- discipl- disciplinarian? Yes, that word. Where um, uh, certain things, you know, ethically just still can't fly. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think that's. Um, I don't know if I if I answered your question. I was kind of yeah. No, 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 no. You are good, yeah. man? You spot on the money, man. I take yeah. my hat off to you. Um, and that is being the best friend. Yeah. You know, um, if your child can come to you, yeah. you know, that safe zone, you know, that, you know, that comfort, like I can go to my pops and talk to him about this. Like, you know, I, I was embarrassed to talk to my parents about sex. Yeah. You know, oh, man. you know, so, you know, I can tell right off the bat, you know, you're going to be a great father. Mm, so you're going to, you. you're going to provide that comfort to where your child can come to you. Like, I don't want to go to my friends. I don't want to go yeah. to a teacher. Yeah. I want to go to my dad, yeah. you know, and talk to him about you know these issues of life and that's beautiful that's yeah. good thank you man. that's good like a, thank you. it's gonna be like a safe space for her yeah yeah, yeah. of correction or, or it's her. balance too or her or her or her or them yeah or them oh snap yo <laughs> i love it it's possible let's speak that out there yeah beautiful so i i don't want to go into that but i remember <laughs> i remember my my mom asked my stepfather to talk to me about sex mm. and I think I might have been like eight or something. Like that. I was under ten, between eight and ten. Yeah. And I go to my stepfather, and I'm like, you know, my mom wants me to talk to you about the birds and the bees, and he's like, all right, birds and the bees. Uh, he gives me the whole spiel, and then, but basically, what he said to me is, um, what did he say? And like, it's, it's, it's not, it's not the best way to tell a child yeah. what the body parts that they have. Men have, what do he say? Men have. Uh, uh, I don't know if he said the D word. <laughs> but they don't ever really use the technical terms. Nah, like, no, no, no. Usually penis is not the word. Right. Yeah, yeah, yo. yeah. yeah. So yeah. men have D's and women have P's. Yeah, mm-hmm. the D word. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, so I go back to my mom. She's asking me about you know, cause, oh, what did you learn? And I told her, men have these and women have peace. Yeah. She wore into me. <laughs> Don't you ever use that word again. <laughs> but you told him to come right. to me. Oh, then she dumb. goes, storms off in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Yelling at him. Don't you ever tell yeah. my son. Yo, that's wild, bro. Yeah. But that's real. Because that's how I got introduced yeah. to the birds and the bees. Mm-hmm. But back to you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure real. it'll be a more holistic conversation yeah. <laughs> with the two of you. Yeah. Oh, man. But so. Could you go into like the influences on you kind of referenced it? Yeah. Like what influences you have in or have or had in your life that kind of helped mold you to be who you are today? Um, that made Vanessa want to share the rest of her life with. Yeah, sorry for her. Um, <laughs> influences. Well, I already talked about my father mm-hmm. um, and how that and how that influences me. Um, other influences. Um, I would say. Uh, when I got a little bit older, um, being fortunate to have some good, um, level-headed friends, uh, by my side, um, who I'm, I'm by, I'm basically a, a late bloomer when it comes to having kids, marriage and things like that. Um, I'm 40 now and I just got married in November, uh, and ha- having 
uh, first child now. Usually, um, most of my friends probably in their 20s, you know, early 30s. So seeing, um, seeing, you know, how their, the relationship they have with their kids, their, um, with their wives, um, or just other things too, like just grown up stuff, adulting, like mm-hmm. buying a home, uh, finances, uh, jobs, things like that, because, you know, they have a family now they need to provide. You right. know what I mean? Uh, it can't be just a job. It has to be a career now. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, having those guys uh, around and um, them also creating a safe space as a, as a man to be able to sit and rap with them just talk you know what i mean shout out to my guy west uh my brother-in-law chris godfrey uh, my cousin stefan um my boy mott uh and I'm, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other guys that i'm forgetting uh right now but um these are guys who um you know i i usually look look to and talk to you know you know as my counsel um uh when it comes to a variety of things it's just being uh, a man who needs to step up, um, you know, for certain responsibilities and whatnot. Um, other influences, uh, you know, my mom as well. Um, my mom, uh, did a great job, um, being what I was talking about earlier, you know, that, you know, best friend slash I'm still your mother though you know what I mean um where you can't come at me any certain time don't get too comfortable <laughs> you know what I mean yeah 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 um she 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 did a lot um to hold me and my sister down make sure that we were good um when it comes to um when it comes to the way you um treat a woman um be around women, understand women as a man. Um, I would say I, I got that from my mom, you know, opening doors, um, being mindful of uh, insecurities women might have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I'm not saying that I've always followed it mm-hmm. and whatever, but um, always doing my best, you know, being aware um, of uh seeing that dynamic between my, my, my mom and my father, where my father would be trying, try to be that, you know, I'm the alpha male, you know, spiritual leader of this house and, and my mom being like, nah, calm down. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, sometimes, you know, she would let it slide, you know, just to, you know, keep, you know, peace mm-hmm. and whatever. But then, then you see moments where, um, it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't fly. And, um, seeing that that dynamic it's like yeah i don't want to be that you know i'm looking for someone and i think you hear that from um from most people like guys want to have a woman that resembles more like their mom you know what Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. or have some of their mom's traits yeah and um i think for my mom um i in terms of what i was looking for um in relationships to someone who um is someone who i wish my father could be for my mom someone who would treat her as an equal or at least try to you know what i mean um not just being this you know because i said so i'm not you know i'm the man of the house and da, 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 and whatever so then um knowing that um my mom has her own opinions her own 
you know, um, thoughts and, you know, things like that, that she wants to push forward and being open to hearing that. It's like it, it has to be like an equal partnership and whatever. And I think that's something I've always looked for when it comes to uh, a relationship. You know what I mean? Even something as simple as and stupid as I remember telling you about this uh, height. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone who's the same height as you know, or at least close to the same height as yeah. me, because I don't want to feel like that guy just towering over you, because it just triggers me mm. um, when it comes to like Dominance. a guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I don't want to do that. Yeah, you know, good. I would I would want someone who could check me. You know what I mean? Because too many times, if you give anybody too much power, you know, they start to become unrecognizable even to themselves. That's you know good. what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's good. Where you it's saw like. That in your mom. What did you say? You saw that in your mom. Yeah. Where she was able to, to do that and not let the power sort of. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, you'll see instances where if someone just lets you do whatever they want, you know what I mean? Uh, just completely submissive. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other party just will take advantage of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Abuse it. Of course. Yeah. Unknowingly sometimes, sometimes yeah. knowingly. Um, I've been in relationships like that myself where... Um, you know, the the other parties just, you know, whatever you want to do, Jocelyn. Sure, Jocelyn. And then all of a sudden, I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, all right, cool, bet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll yeah, be yeah. that then. Because now it's all about me. <clears throat> it's all about me. Yeah. And then I could see myself like, Jocelyn, why are you doing this? You know what I mean? Just taking advantage and whatever. And it's like, not to say that is that other person's fault because they're just letting you. But I need to check myself, too. But it's hard to do that That's when, good. you know, yeah. you don't have that check, those checks and balances and yeah. whatever. So. Um, so yeah, um, I, I would think um, my mom is another influence um, for myself, and then you know, typical things like your teachers are also your influences. I grew up um, in the '80s, so my teachers were—I told you this, um, Vanessa—that um, my teachers were uh, folks who were there during the civil rights era. So when they came, so when they're teaching us Black History Month, it's, it, we're really having a Black History Month. You know what I mean? The school I went to was all black. So um, they're telling us the stories of the dogs sent out on them, the hoses. From the perspective of a, of a person of color, a black person. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, because they were That's all black. Mm-hmm. So, um, so to hear those stories and then um, to see where, and you know, Unfortunately, you know, this generation where the teachers that they have now, you know, they're young, you know what I mean? So they didn't go through that. So they have to learn black history mm-hmm. or just the struggle of being an African-American um, in the United States in a different kind of way. They're learning it from, you know, learning it, yeah. from, you know, I'll however. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus I'm learning it from the people who are actually there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a difference. It's a very big difference. And um I think I don't think it was something I appreciated then when I was a kid, um, even though I got, you know, I was aware of it. You know, like I said, Black History Month was very much black. And sometimes it was all year. You know, what I mean, you're singing lift every voice and sing, you know, every day, you know, as, as well as the Star Spangled Banner and stuff like that. But um, when you get older and then you start being aware of your blackness, Mm-hmm. Um, those stories, those images of Emmett Till when you were a kid that shook me are starting to come back now. You know what I mean? And I'm present of, I'm, I'm aware of my blackness all the time. 
and you know you're seeing how the world is right now and just super appreciative of those teachers um who put me on at the time yeah. to see that nothing's i mean some things have changed but for the most part it hasn't mm-hmm. you know what i mean and to um also be um proud of your you know your blackness and whatnot i'm learning all the time you know now i'm like watching documentaries all the time it's yeah, like oh, i wish i got to have you know had that appreciation I'm, I'm like a kid you know kids everything goes over yeah, that's all of us yeah but being I, you know now it's like oh, i wish i had those moments where i could have sat there and talked to them like really talked to them about like what they went through you know what i mean mm-hmm. um that i didn't get a chance to do uh when i was a kid but yeah, so those are my influences. I'm sorry if I got too deep. No, <laughs> man, that's what it's all about. <laughs> I wanted to ask Vanessa about because she introed that she was Afro. Uh, Capoeirian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, what does that mean to you? Because we know, for for us, we know just a lot of people just are just Cape Verdean. Yeah. And so, for you to say Afro Cape, you know, Cape Verdean, then, so what is that? You know, How does that impact you? I, I was listening to what Jocelyn was saying, and I think you know. Um, I tell him this frequently, how envious I was of his, what was that, elementary, middle school? Yeah, yeah. Um, having had those teachers, because I grew up uh, going to predominantly white schools. I went to schools in South Boston. And immediately they placed me in bilingual speaking classes. <laughs> And I'm like, I was born here. <laughs> I can actually speak English. Uh-huh. Um, but that's just what they did then. And um, going to predominantly white schools, being placed in bilingual classes, I think really messed me up. Um, you know, I I didn't have what, what Jocelyn had, where I was surrounded by people who looked like me. Um, I had quite the opposite. Um to a certain extent, because then what ended up happening was, you know, the schools became very diverse and Southie had a lot prior to my going to um, school there had, you know, it's, it's history and busing. And so um, I don't know that I quite knew or understood identity or understood my blackness, um, understood my culture being a, a, a Cabo Verdean. Um, I don't think any of that really was internalized as a child. I think as I got older and, and continued to go to predominantly white schools, it started to come out a little bit more. Um, and, you know, this past, the last two years, I think I've really struggled with my identity in many ways. And so when I say Afro-Cabo Verdean, I say it with a lot of pride now, um, you know, during the, uh, hmm, the massacres of black mm-hmm. men in the last two years, um, and even prior, but just how it came right. to surface in, in, in the way that it did in, in 2020, that brought up a lot of my own sort of, wait a second, I'm a light-skinned black woman. I'm also a Cape Verdean black woman. And Cabo Verde was colonized by Portuguese. So we did our DNA tests. Yeah, we did. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I've got a lot of Portuguese in me yeah, and a lot more white. than... <laughs> I have about 48% Portuguese. And um, I know why and I know where that comes from. 
But I struggled with that because I struggled trying to find my place in the Black Lives Matter movement and wanting to say I am black and and my folks saying, but we're not black, we're Portuguese. Um, And really, I did a lot of digging. I did a lot of research. I looked into the history of Cabo Verde. I looked into the history of colonization. I looked into the history of slavery. Um, I looked into the history of, you know, my people coming to the U.S. Um, I looked into my own lived experiences. I grew up in a Cape Verdean household, but I also grew up in a very diverse neighborhood. And I never saw myself other than just a a person of color. Um, And so there were moments that in in Jocelyn and I's conversation where... um, I was jealous of not having had those experiences because I was surrounded by white teachers. I was surrounded by whiteness. And so I internalized a lot of that as an, as an adult. Um, so I actually really love hearing his stories. And so I think I really, um, I lived through that with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I apologize, but these days I can't breathe as well as I used to be able to. <laughs> no, you're flowing just okay. fine. You're the good. baby is pushing up on some things. You're breathing so. for two. <laughs> oh, man, that's dope. I got to catch my breath. <laughs> uh, the flow is just fine, man. I think that's that's dope. Um, but you can kind of sort of relate to, you know, quote, unquote, his struggles, though, because like you said, your people were, you know, um, you know, you had your issues with the uh, Portuguese mm-hmm, back then. Mm-hmm, so you can mm-hmm. kind of sort of, you know, relate to whatever, you know, the struggles, the issues amongst, you know, I don't know what regular black people. I don't know which one. Yeah. Black yeah. people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. being Haitian American. Haitian um, American, yeah. And Haitian Americans have their own uh, history when it comes to um, slavery and uh, things like that. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, walking around America, they still look at you as black. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. whether you're, mm-hmm. you know, Jamaican American, Haitian American, Trinidadian yeah. American, or just African American, yeah. it's all the same. It's all the same. It's all yeah. the same. You know what I mean? I, I probably, you know, uh, the struggles of African Americans who were, you know, go gone through generations uh, of racism here in this country and slavery here in this country. Um, I'm I'm sympathetic to it to a point where I feel like that's my history as well. You know what I mean? Um, so to me, we're all the same people yeah. and yep. whatever. You yep. know what I mean? Your struggle is my struggle and yeah. things like that. You know what I mean? So yeah. 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 You know, growing up, I was in my household, we were taught to be good immigrants. So even though I was. What do they call that? Model minority? Yeah. 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 Uh, Basically, you not like Black Americans, like basically to be better. I mean, than yeah, we would get that too. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, Haitians. we we did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this, this, that's what it means. The Africans did did it. Haitians, did yeah, it, Jamaica, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of stupid though because it's like, yeah, we're not them, and it's like, yeah, but but we are, but we are because yeah. they treat us the same way. They're not but checking did, to you, see like, are you Haitian or are you African American? Yeah. I'll treat you some other different type of way. You know what I mean? So to me, when I would hear that as well you know what i mean um and at the same time too it's like we're all one people let's not divide you know what i mean like we need to be unified when it comes to this 
versus like, you know, oh, look at those you know, African-Americans mm-hmm. or African-Americans thinking the same thing about us or mm-hmm. thinking that about Nigerians or something like that. It's like, this is kind of stupid. I, I really think stupid. I could do that as an adult. Yeah. Like when I was older, I could say to, you know, my my uh, grandparents or my aunt and uncle who were raising us, I can say to them, but we're not any different. Yeah. But yeah. growing up, I couldn't. Yeah. Like yeah. Growing yeah. up, it really was about being better than what we call pretus, like the African-American and. Is that a derogatory term? No, it just means black person. Oh, okay. Like Moreno. Yeah, like Moreno. But yeah, I I was taught to just be a, a good immigrant. What that meant was you focus on education, um, you're family oriented, and you're just a good person, which also then added to my internalized racism where certain things came out um, in the way that I behaved where I, my voice was silenced. Um I felt like I had to prove myself that much more in college. Um, you know, I, I saw the, the, the impact of that, yeah. being a good immigrant. Yeah. And so I could be wrong, but I feel like, um, you know, anyone that was in that position, it was um, it's like, yeah, we're trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Like, we see mm-hmm. how African-Americans are being treated. I'm like, we don't want no parts of that. Not even right. trying to be, you know, yeah. rude or anything. They're like, oh, I don't want that, you know, I don't want them issues. So Absolutely. I'm going to be the quote unquote good immigrant and do what I got to do to make it in America. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember the shift for me when I started to really learn because similar to you, I grew up in the North Shore. So mm-hmm. it yeah. was all mm-hmm. mostly white. Mm-hmm. And then like uh, there were some like Caribbean, some Haitians around, but mostly black and white mm-hmm. and mostly white. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't really understand like I knew I was black, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'd be in class and I'm flirting with a white girl and I'm getting in trouble, but I don't know why I'm getting in trouble. Interesting. White yeah. white male teachers like yeah. go to the office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. my I remember having to talk with my stepbrother. He's ten years older than me, and my mom had him talk to me about black and white issues. Yeah. And I didn't get it because yeah. I'm not being taught about it in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then mm-hmm. so it wasn't until like I remember envying, like watching Drumline, watching, mm. <laughs> yeah, like watching black movies yeah. because I'm not totally in a black relate. environment. Yeah, and I always, and that's why, like to this day, like I li- I'll live in the hood, like I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's about the, our community. Yeah, mm. I went yeah. down to D.C. for um, <sighs> D.C. Yeah, well, we were in Maryland for um, <laughs> Clarnell's wedding. Yeah, that yeah, that was a couple uh, three years. It's ago. amazing, just being so. Yeah. Multiple stories we could talk about. When when uh, Jerron got married, we yeah. went to Morgan State. Mm. The beauty mm. of black women. I was living in that state. <laughs> and I was like, this is a movie. Yeah. <laughs> but the it's more just important like on thing. Line. Yo, <laughs> I wish I would have had this experience. You know, but I have that same. Yeah. I wish I would have gone to an HBCU or, 100%. you know. Mm-hmm. I actually applied. So, anyway, it's not about me. So, like, <laughs> I uh, we went to Maryland. Yeah, we stayed in this uh, Airbnb owned by a black guy. He texted me the day of, you know, we get caught up partying. We go to D.C. The next morning he comes over just to check in. And he starts talking to us about his life and his life experience. He grew up similar, just in black environments, mm-hmm. just that cultivated. And we talked about how it empowered and cultivated him to be who he is. Yeah. To not feel ever feel down. Then he talked about his wife who grew up in white environments and how that she was grew up 
with the less than mentality. Mm. And so how his experience being much different and why the importance of the community versus like integrating too early, you could say. Yeah. So then you're, you know, have a different mindset about yourself and your environment. Absolutely. And it's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's hot. Mm-hmm. That's 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 dope. I love it. I grew up in, you know, the hood too. And which part of like Texas are you from? Dallas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Dallas, but the Oak Cliff area, which is the hood. Okay. Um is that like so, that cross that so yes, yeah, like Mattapan, like Mattapan, like Dorchester, Roxbury mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, like that. Um and so yeah, um tons of beautiful black people. And, you know, we say you know, I don't mind being in the hood because these are my peoples. Yeah. But at the same time, our peoples wild out. Yes. <laughs> you know? yeah, so I'm like, I, I feel what you're saying. And I'm the same way. But, you know, just for the viewers, it's like, okay, he he enjoys stay, he enjoys staying in the hood. And my mindset is I don't want to be in the hood because yeah. I, I see the shootings. Yeah. I see the killings. I hear the violence. You know what I mean? I don't want my kids around that. You know, what would you, what was your, what's your take on that or anybody's take on that, that type of yeah, that's um. We talk about that a lot, all the time. Yeah, especially all recent events. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I've always thought about that. Where um, my sister loves, you know, like the South Shore, you know, like where there's a little bit more trees. And I think all of us would like something similar to that too. But people there don't look like us. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And um, I I don't know. That's 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 a struggle because you know you want to be in an area where you have that sense of community it's safe yeah schooling system is you know amazing mm-hmm. and whatever um and you want those trees too yeah. you know what i mean uh, nature big yard Facts. things like that yeah. um i i think right now it's more of a a, a compromise I, I shout out to the people who just like nah i'm gonna just go out there and white folks are gonna have to deal with me mm-hmm. and whatever and that's great for them i i don't know uh i'm already surrounded (laughs) by people who don't look at me all the time for work and whatnot sometimes you just want to be you know where you are with your people like you're not on all the time you know what i mean it feels home it's home it It feels home the times i drive you know this i i haven't lived in mattapan i'm from mattapan i haven't lived in mattapan since 2006 anytime i drive through mattapan Man, it feels so good. Yeah, bro. It's so good yeah. being here. Even though, you know, you see, you know, you say our folks be wildin'. It's like, oh, I appreciate you, bro. Wildin'. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because I've been in Dorchester, you know, for the, and Dorchester looks a little bit different than Mattapan. You get it's way more diverse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You get Cape Verdeans, you get uh Dominicans. Dominicans, Vietnamese, mm-hmm. yeah. Puerto Rican, you get black, you get West Indian. Whereas Mattapan for the most part, I only just see people that look like me <laughs> there. Yeah. And, you know, you, you have a fami- familiarity to it and whatever. So it's home. And mm-hmm. um, to be anywhere outside of that, you know, so, so if I'm already kind of struggling in Dorchester, I, I can't imagine what it would be like if I'm in, like, Malden or, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I don't want to say any more places to insult people <laughs> who probably live there. Like, what's wrong with where I live? Yeah. Like, new game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, that would be awesome to to, to live there. <laughs> you know, when you see uh, on, I think it's like USA Today, where Newton has always been rated pretty high in terms of, in the country. Yeah, education. Of education, raising a family and whatever uh, amongst any other place in America. You know what I mean? They're, they're usually always 
up there and yeah, whatnot. The high school when they built it, yeah, like over a million dollars for the high school. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I wish I could live. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wish my people could come but with me. I can me. bring my people. Right, I yeah, can bring exactly. my my peoples with me. I think I, I so I grew up on Bowdoin. So growing up on Bowdoin in the '90s and early 2000s, Crazy. I've lost a lot of friends. I've lost a lot of friends. I've also had to run home because I know that there's a shooting right behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people don't, you know, when you see me and, and you speak with me, you don't know that I've had these experiences. You don't know that I've had, um, I've come very close to, um, you know, seeing things that I'm, I, I shouldn't be seeing, um, witnessing and, and experiencing losing. I can count how many friends I've lost to gun violence who I grew up with, you know, hung out on, on the stoops with. And still, I mean, I'm right back where I grew up, and still I love my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I love the people. You know what it is for me? It's the people. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the people. It's, it really is. There is community there. Mm-hmm. There really is people watching out for you, um, even though they don't necessarily want to snitch. They're still going to look out for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. That's a fact. Yeah, they're still yeah. going to look out for you. And, um, you know, I also appreciate nature. I also appreciate what it does for your your well-being. Uh, we don't have a lot of that in, in urban environments, um, which is why I appreciate the community garden next door because I can do that there. And so, you know, in figuring out what it looks like for us as a couple and for us while we're raising our family, we talk about this and we, we always say, like, we want to stay in the hood, but we want to be... And maybe like the nicer parts, <laughs> you know, yes, those tree-lined yep, streets, yep, you know, like, the, like the family homes, yep. like Melville, Melville right? Melville. Those oh, areas. that'd be nice. Yeah, it would be. Where it's like a you know throw a rock and I'm I'm at a pan <laughs> square, but yeah. Um, for me, it, it is home. So I think I've long since let go of the making it out of the hood mentality and really looking at. Well, how can I beautify the hood? Oh, how can I bring? Improve it. How can yeah, I improve it? How it. can I make a difference? Um, which is why I do the work that I do, and, and you know, I I love doing community work because, and I've always been like that. I've always been like that as a kid. I was always involved in after school programs that were about community enrichment, um, and so I think that also gave me a lot of value um, in, in looking at the beauty around me. Yeah. The, the murals, the, mm-hmm. the people, the sounds. Oh, my God. It's, I love, it might drive everybody else crazy, but during the summer, oh I, love hearing, oh boy. I love hearing the Dominicans and their loudspeaker outside. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. and then up the street, you got the Cavernian music, and then you've got, like, Haitian music on yeah. the other end. I love that. Mm-hmm. It feels like community for me. You can't. It's like life. Yeah, you it can't is. be culture, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't be culture. Yeah. It, nah. it's, it's authentic. It's real. You can't duplicate it either, man. Yeah, you, it's yeah. the people. You know, yeah. we get, you, if we can pick the community up and move it to what Malden, what was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Newton mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that'll be hot. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. there in Mattapan. It's there in Dorchester. It's home. It just yeah. is what yeah. it is, man. And yeah. like I said, you you touched on it. You touch you yeah you touched on it. It's like we're there to be that to be that light yeah. to change the community. Of course. And what else we can we can do that. People like us, it can be done. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we can we can. I don't want to be disrespectful, but we can turn 
Mattapan into Newton or whatever. You see, yeah, you, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. I yeah, you know the, the quality. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah, we we can we we have the ability to do that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, and I and and I speak from experience because I've lived in Walpole, so I've lived in the suburbs, and so I can I, I have my Same pick right. now. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we'll transition. Okay. Mm-hmm. To like one last question before we get to like who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, your so I'm gonna ask both of you. So. Mm-hmm. Your experiences with, like, say, your father before he passed and, mm-hmm. like, developing a relationship mm-hmm. and, like, how you transitioned from the way you were with men to, like, where you are now. Mm-hmm. Like, what is your understanding of manhood, you know, mm. to at this point in your life? You know, so while my father wasn't there the first two years, um, when we did when I did develop a closer relationship with him, I actually got to really appreciate him. Um, he was a man who didn't speak much. When he did speak, it was profound. The things that he said were really, I, I paid attention to. Um, and I watched him. I'm an observer. And, and we were just talking about this on our drive up here, how I love watching him. And I love watching Jocelyn with other people and um, his interactions and who he is. I, I love observing him because I learned so much about him. I did the same thing with my father, and I don't think a lot of people know this about me um, in my relationship with him, is that I watched him, and I observed him, and I saw how he moved, and he had a, a, a quietness and a stillness about him um, that I really appreciated. He was funny. He was sincere. Um, and I see it in my brother as well. So I have other siblings too. And I see it in my brother and I see the kind of man that he is. And, and I can only imagine that while my father might have not shown up in the ways that we all needed him to, there were ways that he did show up that I can appreciate. Um, but as a child, um, having not had him there that as closely as I think I might have needed it in my formative years, um, it left those voids that I sought out in relationships as a teenager up until maybe like in my early 30s. Uh, That's when you had to figure out? I I think I figured it out. (laughs) Somewhat figured out. (laughs) Like my early 30s. I think I had like a few difficult relationships that... Um, finally it hit me and I, and and it was around the time that like right before my father passed away that I realized like, Oh shoot, I'm replaying patterns that my parents were going through. Yeah. I'm repeating, um, what we call, you know, generational, generational stuff. Yeah. Cycles. Yeah. I'm carrying mother wounds and daddy issues. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think once then that happened, I remember having gone through a difficult breakup in 2000 and, um, you know, early to, to late 2017, early 2018, because I met Jocelyn and, uh, well, we started dating in 2018. Damn, were you dating two dudes <laughs> at the same time? Hey, wow. wow. This is way after. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm playing. This is way after. Um, I mean, in the talking phase, you just, <laughs> you just, you're just talking. talking. Um, but I, I remember, and, and for the life of me, you know, we hear women talk about these, the, the lists that they create. Um, I actually did that. 
Um, I think I learned what I needed and how I needed to show up in relationships, what I needed from a partner. Um, and I wrote down a list of the things that I wanted. And, you know, some of them were, I've always thought that if you're, if you're real specific with God, if you're real specific about the things that you want, um, to be specific about it, to specify and to really write down what those things are. And I, I wrote that down. I wrote it down and um, I really said to myself, I, right now we're not chasing any men. <laughs> right now we're not looking for a relationship. Right now, V, you're focusing on your business. You're focusing on you, your health, your growth, your healing, your well-being, um, you're focusing on the relationships in your life. Um, you're focusing on just being a, a better version of yourself and integrating those lessons that you've learned in the last couple of years. And here he comes. Here, here comes Jocelyn kind of coming into that when just I was in that space. Just That's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Is he, he commented on my post about a... a designing program that I was using and um, in him I see all the things that I wanted and and when I talked earlier and I said we're in good spirits I'm in great spirits today because I'm very appreciative of this season in my life Um, and he's a part of the season in my life and so he came with everything I could have wanted didn't know I needed um, and can really appreciate. Um, he's taught me what what it means to be a man. Um, and what I love about him is he's not, I don't know if you would say this about yourself, but you're not like an alpha male like that. Like I don't, you Are know, you're to me for an answer. Um, <laughs> no, but you're not like, I don't, do you mean I don't, by alpha male? Yeah, I think I, that's like, my perspective of alpha male is insecurity. Okay, like because so, you now because you're trying to project this dominance over people yeah. over things that's insecurity. So he's not what he described that he saw in his in yeah. his father right. in some ways. Um, he's not who I I thought uh, men were. That I thought men were assertive. Men were going to tell me what to do, and I was just going to follow suit. Um, that he was going to be the leader of the household, that he was going to be, he was always going to have the answers. He was, you know, I, he's, he's not, he's allowing me to be me. He's allowing um, space for us to grow together and to do this as actual partners. Um, And I love seeing that about him because I think growing up, I didn't necessarily, and not in my culture, that's not what you he's very different from some of the men in my culture and so he's taught me a lot about what it means to be man what it means to be a man a black man what it means to be a partner what it means to be a provider what it means to be um just a good soul 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 thank you for listening to the follow and lead podcast you can reach us on social media at the email is followedinleadinc at gmail.com, Instagram, followedinleadpodcast, and our Twitter is followedinleadp. Until next time, take it easy. Word.